to the Novel Universe with Dawn and Ashley, book club buddies who love to read YA fiction. We'll discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and oh my gosh, we need to talk about this right now. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. And I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. So grab something sweet or salty and join our universe. Hello, and welcome back to the Novel Universe with your hosts, Ashley and Dawn. And this is July, which we have deemed Romance Month. And we are going to kick off Romance Month with Bare to You by Sylvia Day, which is erotica and a Fifty Shades of Grey read-alike. And this was published in 2012? 14. Oh, oh, 14. Yikes. Okay. I believe 14. When I was reading it, I believe it's 14. I will do a double check. Right. No. No. Copyright 12. No, you're right. Okay. Just kidding. Still. Okay, um, neither I or Ashley read a lot of erotica. Like, I think this is the third one I've read. Or second? Third? Third. So, yeah, we're still trying to suss it all out. But, all right, you want to start with the description? Because you have the book. I don't have the book. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, Gideon Cross came into my life like lightning in the darkness. He was beautiful and brilliant jagged and white hot. I was drawn to him as I'd never been to anything or anyone in my life. (laughs) I craved his touch like a drug, even knowing it would weaken me. I was flawed and damaged, and he opened those cracks in me so easily. Gideon knew he had demons of his own, and we would become the mirrors that reflected each other's most private wounds and desires. The bonds of his love transformed me, even as I prayed that the torment of our past didn't tear us apart. There's a whole book for you. I love how you were laughing through that whole summary. Pretty much says how you felt about this book. (laughs) It's just, oh, as I said to you earlier, I wrote down, Schmutty Reads coming to you. Dear Lord, all the schmutz and not even good schmutz. Okay. That's how I feel. Yeah. So just a disclaimer, um, this is erotica, which means we will be using some fun language. So if fun language is not your jam, then we'll catch you next time. (laughs) Children, listen, please. Yeah. And there will be no spoiler free. This book is old as hell, and we're just going to talk about it freely. So if you have not read it and you don't want spoilers, then once again, we'll catch you in the next podcast. Bye. (laughs) You're like, bye. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay should we start with how we rated it what'd you rate it i feel like i would make you go first <laughs> you always do um okay so i gave it a 1.5 okay and the reason why i gave it a 1.5 is because there was one person in this whole book that i was like i like their their personality <laughs> wow that, that was it cool um what about you? Oh, this book gets a zero. Okay. <laughs> this book was dumpster fire and I didn't like anything about it. As a matter of fact, I hated everything and everyone. And I'm curious to find out which character you liked because yikes. Okay. <laughs> I know, but I think my whole list is literally all dislikes and then me going into seriously, why was this happening? Why is this happening? Oh, and this is this is going on again. Cool. Okay, don't like it. Mm. So, <laughs> well, let's get into it, shall we? All right. 
I figured we would break it up. So like do like the story and then go into Eva and then Gideon and then the sexy stuff and then the supporting characters and then anything else. <laughs> you can't see Ashley's motions, but she's making some, <laughs> some, yeah, some motions. Okay. Things. So story. There's no plot, Don. No. So yeah, that was my, that was my problem. I feel like this book, a book like this needs to have a, a A plot and a B plot. And the A plot in this book is these two people with all this trauma coming together and falling in love. That's the main plot. And of course, that's not going to be resolved in the first book. Mm-hmm. However, you'd still have to have a B plot because otherwise, why am I reading this? If you don't have a B plot, then that means that something else needs to to sustain the story. So like the characters need to be great or the plot needs to be inspiring or elicit some sort of self-reflection on my part. And I got none of that either. So I'm just like, what was the point? Mm-hmm. And that was my very first thing I wrote. Mm-hmm. Pointless plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mine was no plot, dot, 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 exclamation point, exclamation point. She... I feel like Sylvia tried to, she had an idea because there was these tiny little like hints of what was supposed to be the B plot. Okay. So like why we're continuing to read, even though we know that like the characters are going to come together. Like we already know that it's pretty much given Um, when you're reading an erotica novel and like the two main characters are automatically introduced to you, you're like, okay, so they're going to get together. So whenever that happens, I'm just going to, you know, earmark that because I know it's going to happen. But there was this lace plot in there about how um, sexually damaged both of them were previously by previous people. And, but it wasn't the actual plot of the story. It was just like laced in there. For like a hot second, because by page seven, we're already meeting Mr. Hot and Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, li- I looked it up. It is on page seven. It's not even like 40 pages in, 50 pages in. We meet him right away, which I was like, ah, uh, no, no. There was no setup to that at all. It's just, let's just get to the good stuff. Whatever good stuff that is, I have no because mm-hmm. yeah, which is bad because that uh, that leads into my next dislike is that okay, a lot of people compared this to Fifty Shades. Now I'm gonna tell you right now, this ain't no Fifty Shades. I have read Fifty Shades. I read the first book, mm-hmm. and you want to talk about storylines, <laughs> an actual like plot versus this whatever garbage this was (laughs) 50 shades actually has a plot there is a whole arching story involved with both of the characters and it's not just them getting to you know that that's going to happen it's how they get to that point and how they deal with the demons in their closets and all this other stuff there's a whole other arching thing um and this book just went right into sex right away yeah like right away yeah (laughs) um yeah I agree I and I also wrote that um going on the same long uh same lines as the story I was like I, I understand what the author is going for she's going for 
dysfunction and two people that have suffered a lot of trauma and they come together and they have to deal with learn how to deal with their trauma. Great. However, they still should grow somewhat in book one or something. Something should happen. So and I also put at the end of Fifty Shades of Grey, she leaves Grey because he's not giving her what she wants. So she does have some growth there. There's there's no growth here. Nobody changes. We don't learn anything. We learn stuff about their past, but not enough to have any kind of any part in any plot. Any it doesn't doesn't do anything to the story. It's just background information. This is basically a prequel. There is no story here. And yeah, I I too read Fifty Shades of Grey. I got to book two. And I personally feel like this is leaps and bounds. Uh, Fifty Shades was leaps and bounds better than this. Like, And I'm not saying that that book didn't have its problems because he was a stalker. It was weird. Just like this guy. But, oh, good God, no. Um, what else in the story that you you mentioned this when you were like texting me while you're reading this book and you were like the BDSM comes in the last third of the book. Mm-hmm. What is that? You can't mm-hmm. set up this story. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, you're a submissive. I was like, um, what? What do you mean you're a submissive? Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. So she was clearly writing a Fifty Shades of Grey read alike. But. I, I don't know. I feel like you can't introduce the S&M a third of like, not even a third of the way, like, like 60% into the book is where it comes in. Yeah, no joke. It's page 246. Oh my God. That's like, a quarter. Uh, it, it's 75% in the book. Okay. The book ends on page 334. Yeah. So like I, I was upset with that because he kept saying to Eva. So Gideon kept stating this to her, like, what do you want? And no, you have to abide by like, like me being dominant and all this other stuff. Like he would drop hints like that, where it's like, he wanted to be the one in control. And it's like, he will, obviously he's had some damage done to him. So there's like a reason as to why he like needs to be the one doing it. Um, but yeah, that's, it's never brought up that this is like a contract between them. Cause I was like thinking 50 shades, right. The whole entire time. Cause I'm like I'm waiting for this contract to happen. He's a big billionaire guy. He's not stupid, but apparently his, his PP is stupid because he's just sticking it in whatever he finds attractive. I don't know. Like he doesn't have rules. That was something that I didn't understand is that like, there was no actual rules between their relationship. It was always like, well, I can't just have sex with you. And he's like, but why not? Why can't you just have sex with me? And she's like, um, cause I actually need to have a physical attraction to someone like, and have some sort of emotional connection to them before I like sleep with them. And this is on page like 40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah. obviously this isn't like, let's go like out, dr- have a couple drinks and then hook up. He was just like ready to go at any moment of any time of day <laughs> for her. Um, so I didn't like that because I was like waiting for this. I was waiting for some sort of a contract or like, these are the rules or you're going to listen to me type of a thing. If you're going to do 50 shades, like, do 50 shades because this is not 50 shades no no and that's that's great yeah and that's what I also agreed with it's like 
he clearly just wants to have sex and that's it. No strings attached, whatever. And that's fine. And if you're another person coming in and setting conditions, no, then you need to find another guy because clearly that's not what he wants. And so she's like forcing it on him. And I'm like, so maybe he would have given her rules if she hadn't been like, no, I want to have dinner first. <laughs> then he should have been like, um, sorry, homegirl. I am not the guy for you. Peace. <sighs> but no, he saw something awesome about her. I don't know what, but awesome. yeah, hated all that. <laughs> What'd you say? <coughs> she was sweaty in her tracksuit. <laughs> oh, boy. Apparently. Um, Anything else about the story overall? Um, no. I think we can go into characters now. Okay. Well, let's talk about Eva. Yep. Yikes. Okay. I got I got one for you. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. <clears throat> Here's the premise of Eva. Eva runs away when she's not happy about something. Gideon chases her. They bang it out. They make up. Something else happens. She runs again. Yep. Eva likes to run, apparently. Um, she does not practice what she preaches, which nope. is like, you know, you need to talk to me. Open up to me. I just shared all this stuff with you, which, mind you, she did. I mean, Eva is raped at a super young age by her stepbrother, and it's like a huge, big thing for her to admit that. All right. But she's been, you know, going to counseling and kind of dealing with everything. And she's like sworn off men. And it's like anytime her and Gideon have an impasse where they don't agree on something, she just runs away. But she wants Gideon to talk about how he's feeling. And he don't do that. And she's like, why? I just opened up to you. And he's like, you keep running away from me. Like, <laughs> this is not how this works. Um I don't, I don't like the fact that like Eva had no growth at all, like in, in the book to me at all. Um, I didn't care about her. She's super whiny, very melodramatic. Um, she was ready to jump his bones on page seven. And I quote, <clears throat> I looked at him in his civilized Urbane, outrageously expensive suit, and thought of raw, primal, cheek clawing fucking. That was her thought process on page seven. Yeah. My standards for her are quite low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the once again, I understand what where Sylvia I can't talk today. Sylvia Day was going. She was trying to go for the damaged girl who can't face her feelings or face problems and she runs. But if you're going to do that, you have to say something with it. You can't just make her do it and then it just becomes predictable and stupid. We know what's going to happen. She gets upset. She runs. He takes her back within like an hour most of the time. And it just becomes repetitive it becomes predictable and there's there's she's not Sylvia Day is not saying anything about running away from your problems. She doesn't say anything through Eva, which means she doesn't have any growth. So, yeah, she she 
okay, let's get into the the rape thing. So I don't have experience with um, assault. I know everybody deals with it differently, but I felt like this girl was raped at 10 for years and sodomized and had a miscarriage at 12. That is awful. However, there are times when she's like, he's, she says he makes her feel safe, especially when he's stalking her. What? I feel like you would have the exact opposite reaction. If someone is stalking you, that's not a good thing. You're gonna, you're finding yourself in a similar situation with a toxic man. You don't feel comfort in that and comfort in his controlling. It just didn't add up. And, and when I found out her her backstory, I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're an author and you're gonna throw that in your story, you better damn well do something with it. She didn't. It, that's huge. That's huge. That's huge if that happened to her if she was an adult. But a 10-year-old? That's a fourth grader. That's a child. And you just throw that in there like, eh. I just felt like she didn't handle that well at all. Sylvia Day. Not the character. Well, the character either, but especially Sylvia. And if I'm not mistaken, was Gideon sodomized too? It doesn't, it doesn't quite state exactly Okay. What was going on with him? Like I purpose let like not purposely, but I I want to read the second one because I want to see what actually happened to him because they don't say. You keep well, finding him in these situations where it is kind of just no knowledge that he has been sexually abused in some way, but we okay. don't know how. Exactly. Well, I was reading reviews because I because when I read the book, I was like, I feel like we didn't get a resolution as to what happened to him. But I was reading other people's reviews and everyone or not everyone, but a lot of people were saying that he was he was sodomized. So I'm like, maybe because they read ahead, they must have read ahead then and they must have just kind of spoiled it. OK, I wasn't sure. Anyway, they both experienced some pretty horrific tra- drama or trauma, trauma. And like I said, I know what the author's trying to do, but. I don't think she's the right person to write this book. Either she hasn't personally experienced something like that. And she just doesn't understand that. Like when you are writing about a very serious thing that happened to a 10 year old, there has to be some sort of a connection or where you can emotionally sympathize with that character. Because um, I have personally had things happen to me as well growing up. So it's like when I was reading those things happening to um, our main character, Eva, I was like, um, why are you not like more fearful of men? Like, why are you not staying far away from him? Why are you just constantly looking for the bad boy type of a thing? Like, I don't, I don't feel like the character learned from what happened like she didn't choose to become a different person she ended up becoming someone entirely different than what she experienced or her character just wasn't written well so therefore there was no connection to what happened to her versus how she is now I think it's the latter I just don't I think the author tried to throw something shocking in there and she didn't really handle it well because if you're raped at 10, that right there is a whole book. And that's probably a pretty hard book to read. It's not, oh, time to bang now. It No. And if it is, it's because 
you haven't sought any counseling or you haven't learned how to live with it or something, but she's going to counseling kind of, I, I guess, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's in the next books. I don't know, but I just don't feel like the author should have put that in there. Not at 10. Like, no, that's no. Or even if she's going to make the character still have those demons in her closet. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like Eva grew up from it. I don't feel like she was still harboring, you know, these uh, negative emotions. Like, she just was, like, ready to, you know, have intimate relationships with guys just right away. Like, obviously, her past was not connecting with her present. Well, I mean, that could be like, like I said, people experience, uh, they, they deal with their trauma differently. So it could be that, you know, she has all these relationships that are meaningless because she doesn't know how to have a healthy relationship. And that may be a symptom or, you know, an effect of what happened to her as a child. Then you need to say, you need to have it a little bit more explicit and you really need to ingrain that in her character and not have them at some party telling him to put his finger in her ass so it can erase the other trauma. And we're supposed to be like, Ooh, Hey, hot. No, that is not how that works. That that's gross. It is gross. And I don't understand why she put those two things together. I know. I don't, I don't think that that would a elicit any sort of you know, resolved issue that she has had. Like, what is something you've only been dating this guy for like a couple of like weeks. Is that, and all of a sudden he's going to take away all of the damaging things that happened to you previously when you were a 10 year old, like, and now you want him to be the one to erase it. He's not your husband. You're not even getting married to him. Like you haven't even (laughs) been dating him for, Months upon months, like, I don't understand that. It's so, so bad. Um, And I don't think Eva grew at all in this book. I don't, I don't like her as a character to just be like, I don't know. She was just, she wasn't even like a doormouse submissive. She was more of like, I'm going to do whatever I please type of a thing. I want to be on top, therefore I'm going to be on top. She's the one who initiated sex as well. He was going to make her wait. He's like, we can't do this right now. And she's like, no, I'm doing it right now. And their first time they do it is in a limo. Mm -hmm. On the way to some big charity event thing. That he just automatically is like, you're going to be my date. Because I am so head over heels hot for you. And I'll take care of you later. And then his ex-wife shows up, which, hello. I'm sorry, ex-fiance. They weren't actually married. <sighs> yeah, I agree with everything you said about Eva. She was pointless. She was not a good character. She wasn't developed well. No. It was just... No. No. I have nothing more to say about her. I think you summed all that up. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so you can move on to Gideon. I'll let you start. Okay, so, huh, yeah, yeah. All right, this guy is, I'm assuming we're supposed to be swooning over this guy. Uh, but 
um, you can't, as the author, you can't just tell me that the main love interest is hot with a hot bod and wealthy, but he doesn't have anything else going for him. He's not particularly witty. He's not charismatic. I guess he's a billionaire, so it kind of makes him intelligent, yet I didn't see it. Um, it he he. One thing he did that really made him not attractive at all, the exact opposite of attractive, which is unattractive, is he begged a lot. Begging ain't sexy. He was just begging constantly. Um, he also had, I don't know if you wrote any quotes down, but this guy had no game. Some of the stuff he was saying, I was, oh my God, I was laughing. So I wrote a couple down. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to be inside you. I'm aching for you. I cannot explain Eva, but I have to make you come. Feel my pounding into you. Like that is not, that's not good sexy talk. That's terrible. I can can feel me in your stomach. (laughs) Oh my God. I didn't even want to say that one. Cause I was like, oh no. Um, I took a picture somebody else had one and I can't read it, but, um, yeah, I can't, I can't read it, but yeah, this guy had no game. So, he's a Mary Sue. He's just really attractive and there's nothing else special about him. If I'm going to be connected to this guy, you got to give me something else because he's a stalker. He's a rapist and he is, has no game, which I probably shouldn't have put that third one with the other two, but you know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) I, yeah, I didn't like anything about this guy. Yeah, he is, um, He gets, he's so possessed over Eva that you would think that Eva has some sort of magical powers that she just like sprinkles it at him and is like, "Mm, here we go. You're just going to follow me everywhere. You're going to know my name, my social security number, my address, what my apartment looks like, um, and my shoe size and my dress size. And you're going to recreate all of that. So I don't ever have to need anything from you at all other than your body. And I know that you're going to provide for me. (laughs) It's just, oh, I do not like stalkery guys. They're not hot. Like, it's creepy. If I went to meet up with a guy for coffee and he was, like, calling me already, he already knew my phone number and my address. And my eye color. And your roommate's name and what your roommate does. My parents are. Are you joking? No, that's a clear sign of bye. See you later. You creep. I'm going to go get a restraining order now and I will never see you again. No, she just kind of writes. Eva just writes it off and is like, that's kind of weird. Why do you do that? Or Gideon, you need to ask if you're going to take some of my information. You can't just go and pry it out of someone else and he's like well I need to know everything about you blah 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 you're important to me oh bull honky you've known her for 24 hours get out of here please like no uh uh-uh. uh and the whole so when he okay so when she tells him that she wants him right after they're done working out okay so they've just had sex for the first time the night before and they're like in the limo thing and then there he's like no I'm gonna go I'm going to go work out and you're going to come with me. I'll work out wherever you go. So they end up going to his gym, you know, and then they 
get out of the gym and he's not happy because she's being hit on by the guy who's uh, showing her the gym, which, mind you, he Gideon owns it. He owns everything, apparently, down this block that they're on. And she's like, is there anywhere we can go to, like, have sex right now? And he's like, sure, let's just go down to the hotel room right down the street. He owns the hotel. He has his own, like, fuck room that he has set up with toys and condoms and everything you can possibly imagine inside this hotel room. And so they do it. He goes and showers. And she starts peeking around, like, okay, now you have a brain to do that. And she finds all this stuff and she, she runs for the first time. Right. She runs away. (laughs) Okay, honey, now would be a good time to see yourself out, please. Like, obviously he has his own bang room that he brings women to, um, because he doesn't bring them home at all. So when he does bring her to his house, because she's clearly upset about what's happening, and is like, I'm not another, like, woman that you're just going to bring to your, you know, fuck pad just to do me whenever you feel like it. That's not how this works. This isn't a relationship. He's like, fine, then you can come stay at my house. I never have anyone stay at my house. What? Have you never had a relationship? Obviously not. But she gets there, and lo and behold, there's a room just like hers, recreated. Like she swoons. And she swoons. And there's clothes there that he has bought for her, knows her freaking shoe size and dress size and underwear size. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That just screams like stalker, rapist, get me out of here. Mm -hmm. Why would you swoon? Why? Ask questions, please. I figured it out. I figured it out. Okay, so I think that this is a subgenre of erotica where women like a man who's a stalker and they must think that that is sexy because it popped up in Fifty Shades of Grey, too. Like, I think that's a thing. I think I think the readers who like this book like that. They like that type of guy. We don't. We don't understand why anybody would. But that's not for us to figure out why they like it. It's that they do. So clearly this genre is not for me. This subgenre is not for me. That's the only rationale I can come up with. Yep. I mean, if that's what you like to read about stalkery men um, who basically get whatever they want, do whatever they want, and they like a girl that talks back to them because then it supposedly changes their ways. <laughs> and then she changes him and tames him and they fall in love and live happily ever after. Oh, like, no, no, no. They get pregnant first. You know, oh. that's what's going to happen. They're going to get pregnant first. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Oh, no, we can't use the baby. What do you mean you're not on birth control? You said you were on birth control. Either suit up or walk out, dude. This isn't how this works here. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, yeah, that's all part of the genre. It's the, the guy doesn't want any attachments and she's, she is different because she says no one time and he doesn't when he like says, Hey, I want to bang you. And she's like, no. And then, Oh man, I love her now. And then she changes them and they, they get married. Like that is, must be the subgenre. And it's just not when I'm, when I'm, I don't read erotica, but 
if I were to like get into it and really want to read it, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for the relationship where there is just banging and no attachments. We're not falling in love. We're not getting married. Hey, hey, what's up? Let's get it on. Okay, bye. That that's it. And then there might be some other stuff going on with those other people, but I am not looking for a happily ever after. Like that's not what I'm looking for. And I'm looking for, if I ever decide to look for erotica, I'm not looking for the happily ever after because then that becomes a romance. I don't like romance. Why would I want it in my erotica? But that's me. Mm-hmm. Other people like different stuff. So if you guys know a book that does that. Tell me because so far I haven't found it. <laughs> And I don't mind romance erotica, okay? But there has to be a storyline, okay? And an actual plot. I don't want to just be jumped into a book where they're just banging away at page 12. Okay? That's not that's not what I want to read. Mm-mm. I like to have some sort of story buildup with it. And something that I had an issue with with Gideon was that, okay, Gideon literally has tragic nightmares where he like he even starts to rape Eva in his dream so he's like dream raping her because it's being hap- it's happening to him at the same time mm-hmm. and it like when i read that i was like oh my get out get out get out get out And her roommate, Carrie, who's, like, bisexual, comes in, and he, like, rips the guy off, and he's like, you need to get out of here. You don't treat her like that. And it's like, okay. Like, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. You should be seeing someone for those issues, because obviously, you can't ever have a good relationship with whomever you settle down with because you're going to run the chance of waking up a dream raping them or they will. Yeah. That's, that's terrifying, terrifying. And then what happens after he finally calms down and she's like, I'm not leaving you. Like we need to get you help. That is a bad thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he instantly wants to do her though, to help wipe away those bad memories that's happening and she's like no that's not how we solve these problems you don't need to have sex to like like someone who is an alcoholic needs to have alcohol because they think it's going to help continue to numb the pain and they can't think about it anymore and that's exactly what's happening to Gideon with sex like that's how he numbs his pain is to constantly be having sex so he can't think about it it's like that's not that's not how you help yourself here. And the girl that you just uh, dream raped or were starting to dream rape um, is a product of rape. Okay. Like she was raped herself at a very young age. She doesn't want to have sex with you right after. That's not how this works. <laughs> it's like, well, she did it too, though. Like the very first time he had a, um, a night terror or whatever. She was like, "Oh, let me bang him because that'll help him out." That and she she says that. So maybe there was some growth. There you go, Ashley. She grew. There's your growth for you. <laughs> the second time she said no. <laughs> oh God. 
I got nothing else to say about this guy. I mean, I do, but it's like in other categories. I just, I want, I want to know what actually happened to him. Because I don't, I don't feel like sodomy is like the, the reason why he is the way that he is. Even if he suffered from that. You think some woman broke his heart or something? I think there's a lot of other things. Oh, we do. I think it's like very deeply layered, like how we discovered what happened to Eva and how it was like she was raped at 10 by her stepbrother and continuously. Okay. Um, and then even had a miscarriage and all this other stuff, like whole big thing. I don't think it was just one time. I honestly think something happened. This is just me. Uh, coming up with an idea here. There is an issue between him and his brother. And I think his brother knows what happened to him. Mm -hmm. Because he constantly tells Eva to stay away from his brother, Christopher. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think Christopher knows what happened to Gideon or brought someone in or something like that. And that's how it all ensued because Christopher has his own little issues as well. Um, with how he treats women. So that's just my thing. And I think it happened at their parents' house. But And you know Eva's just going to run to Christopher after he told her to stay away from him, after she saw the video of what he did to that one broad. And she's just going to run to him and something's going to happen. I'm not going to read the next book. I don't care, but you know this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, I have nothing else to say about Gideon. I don't either. All right. Well, let's talk about the supporting characters, specifically Carrie. Um, So this guy is just a classic case of fear of commitment. And like, you can't drop a huge trope on us like that and don't do anything with it. Like big woo. He doesn't, he's fear of commitment. And just because he's bisexual, don't make him special. You got to do something else with that man. He was, uh, Yeah. And the rest of the characters, stupid. All of them were inconsequential. None of them, none of them provided anything to the plot. I'm assuming that they're going to come into it more in the next books, but you still have to set them up in the first book. Mm-hmm. I still have to care about them in order to want to read the next book, and I didn't care about any of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so who is this one character that you liked that you made you give it the one oh, half? Time? So I liked Carrie for like just. A little bit. Okay. okay. I did not like the fact that um, he was the trope of like, you know, I can't commit. So therefore I'm just going to, when things get too hard, I'm going to mess it up mm-hmm. as he's terrified of commitment. I did not like that part of him. I liked the fact that he wasn't hot for Eva. Okay. I liked the fact that there wasn't like this weird love triangle thing going on between him And her and her and Gideon, like all this other stuff. Like I was really glad that that was not an issue in this book. Um, And I liked that whenever Eva was having a problem, uh, Carrie nine times out of 10 dropped everything and was that best friend. He was that friend that you could call up and be like, I need a pint of ice cream and, um, you know, whatever you got in your shell for some drinks because I just, I can't deal with this right now. Mm-hmm. 
he was that amazing roommate that everyone wants to have that you can just come home and just debrief everything and not worry about it. Like they were so comfortable with each other. Um, that there, it was just, it was an easy relationship to kind of cling on to. Like, you're like, I wish I had more of Carrie, um, and Eva doing more things together. Now him saying baby girl to her every time, all I could think of the movie. you. (laughs) Oh, it is become the movie Dawn made us watch. It's true. So Dawn and I and a bunch of my other girlfriends watched 365 days on Netflix as guys. Just said baby girl all the time when he was talking to the main character in the movie. And so when I was reading this book, it's all I could think about. And yeah. I, oh, I got to get this out of my head. Yeah. And like we saw that movie and then like the next day I read this book and I was like, are you freaking kidding me with the baby girl crap? I couldn't believe it. Angel, baby girl. I'm like, please do not use any of those pet names. No, guy, guy. No. If you're a man and you're hetero or whatever, maybe you call your boyfriend, baby girl, don't. Because it just infantilizes women Mm -hmm. or men. It just makes them helpless and, you know, idiots. And, you know, they they can't do anything on their own. And don't. it's not cute. I mean, if they like being called that, fine. But don't, don't, find another name. Mm -hmm. Just that's not okay. I don't like that. I'm not gonna say it's not okay. I I personally don't like the baby girl. Um, honey, okay. all the girls don't like baby girl. Then I feel like it's like my father talking to me. Like it's so weird. That's not. It's not cute. Mm. No. Yeah. Um. And I did. What was up with the random orgy that just happened in the middle of the book when Carrie gets like? wasted I, I'm talking completely trash and Eva walks in and she's like are you kidding me there was how many people in that apartment I don't know oh my goodness it was just the author's attempt at making it sexy or yeah, hot or something sexy it was bad and she just looks at him and is like, um, I am not in the mood for this right now. All of you, get out. Go somewhere else. You don't do this in the middle of my living room. Like, oh, man. That's where I lost points for Carrie. I might even drop my writing down to like a one or a zero. <laughs> no. Oh, scary. <laughs> All right. I didn't like Gideon's um, ex-fiance and that whole thing. That was so weird. What was her name? I already forgot. Hold up. You did too. Oh, yeah. And she was at the very end of the book. We already. Oh. No, I just. No. Corrine. Corrine. There was Magdalene and then there was Corrine. Magdalene was like the other girl that he always would hang out with at these big charity events or whatever. And they were always seen together, but he never did her. And she was clearly in love with him. And that was another fight between Eva and him numerous times. Then Kareen, you know, she leaves him for another guy and she's like, I messed up and blah, blah, blah. 
All right. So there is this is this is like I never liked this book, but this is the part where I was just like, oh, God. And it happened early on. OK, so it, this book is like basically glamorizing rape culture. And I was not having it. I don't understand why more people are not like PO'd about it. So it's the part where she is in his office and he she's like telling him no. He's on top of her. She's telling him no. She goes to leave. He locks the door. And the only reason why it's not rape, it's because it's coming from her point of view. And we know that she likes it, that she wants to. But if this was coming from his point of view, it would be rape. It would be sexual assault. And I hope that nobody is reading this. No man is reading this and is saying to himself, well, if they say no, they really want it. And I'm just going to do whatever I want because they really do want it. That's how some people think. And she's basically glorifying it. And I just cannot. I'm reading this like, are you fucking kidding me with this? Like, I understand this is way before the Me Too movement, but that shouldn't matter. This this has never been okay. And I don't understand why it's in this book. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. No, it is. I'm reading this like, are you kidding me with this? He's basically sexually assaulting her. But we but as but we're in her head and we know that she likes it. But he don't know that she's telling him. No, she's trying to leave. Oh, my God. Let me just say for all of you out there, no means no, no matter if you're a boy or a girl, no means no. Like it's not okay. That doesn't mean they want it. They will let you know when they want it. (laughs) You don't need to just keep forcing the issue. That's not how this works. It's just terrible. Yeah. That got a quick zero for me after that. And that was like pretty early on Mm -hmm. in the book. It was ooh. all right. Um, I had some nitpicks that I would like to talk about. All right. Well, um, I guess we could talk about the sex later. Um, so, OK, I don't know if I understood this correctly, but she moved from California to New York and she's working for this advertising and they hooked her up with an apartment or did her parents hook her up with the apartment or did the company? parents did oh okay i thought the company did i was like i'm sorry what mm-hmm. okay 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 the I'm next thing to apply thank you yeah exactly i was like that is not a thing okay so the next thing that had me hollering was the whole krav mcgraw thing and how she wanted to take it and the studio was in a seedy part of town and her father like th- they're worried about her understandably so they give this guy a loan to put his studio in a better part of town. Are you what? Is, what the hell is that? <laughs> Who does that? And he's just like, hey, he met her once. He's like, tell your parents thanks for giving me money so I can move my studio. OK, she can find a new studio or you can let her deal with it. She's a 20 something. If she wants to go to a seedy part of town to take Krav Maga, then that's her business. She's an adult. I I couldn't with that one. I there was there was too many hands in the kitchen. That's how I felt with Eva. Uh, if there was an issue, her mother knew about it. Her stepfather knew about it, and her real dad knew about it. And all of them had money, so they're all paying so and so to do this and to do that and to make sure she's protected. 
Obviously, because they feel bad about what happened to her. Okay. I don't think her real dad knows. And he's not wealthy. He's like a police officer. Yeah. You're, you're right. I don't, her dad doesn't know the extent as to what happened, but he does know that something happened to her to cause her to, because, you know, his ex-wife left that guy and oh, then with someone else. So like, he obviously knows that something happened. They didn't really say because the, the new husband paid to have everyone quiet, like after no, sorry. The old husband paid for everyone to be quiet after because that was his way of not dealing with the issue, but dealing with the issue. So his name isn't dragged in the mud. So therefore we're just going to pay off whoever. Um, that was one thing I had a problem with is that like Eva was never able to like go anywhere without anyone else being involved in her life. She's a grown woman. Leave her alone. She is working at a high advertising agency. Like, so what if she moved to New York? Why do you all have her phone number and are stalking her? Stalking her? Like, her mother is stalking her. Then they pay for a car to come and drive her to a bad part of town because they don't want her to go there. And it's like, what? I wish someone had money like that to give me. So I didn't have to make myself inconvenienced at all. <laughs> That'd be nice. That's, I guess, what money looks like. Yeah. And apparently all these people in this book, this is my other big nitpick. Why are they all pretty? Oh, Everyone's, oh. Everyone's pretty. Everyone's wealthy. Everyone's almost white. Uh-huh. There's like a couple, but. Well, I put that. What was her boss's name? Marcus. Mark. Mark and Steven. Mark and Steven. Mark is black and gay, which makes him a twofer. We call that a twofer. So that means that you got two minorities in one. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Way to check that off of your writing list, Sylvia. Good job. <laughs> Let me just make sure I've hit this criteria. I um, might have someone of a different race. Okay. Oh, and they're gay. Yes. A okay. twofer. Yeah. Twofer. <laughs> And he was white, so that now they're in a in a interracial relationship. Oh, mm-hmm. reaper, reaper, <laughs> reaper. <laughs> and then the receptionist was her name Miko or something like that, and she was described as having almond eyes. Okay, I can tell by her name she's Asian. You don't need to say she has almond eyes. And I want to say, like people were saying on Goodreads, um, Magdalene, Magdalena. Uh-huh. And I don't know if she was described as Hispanic or brown. Maybe she said she had, I don't know, but it was like she was afraid to say Hispanic or something. And so she didn't quite say what Magdalena's race was or something like that. People were like, I don't know. I don't remember because I didn't care. Um, another problem I had was the author constantly used clothing descriptions as substitute for character development. I'm like, if I have to hear about one more freaking dress, one more freaking purse, I'm going to lose it. Oh, the nude pumps that we just add to make sure we wrote a paragraph about the nude pumps. <laughs> oh my God. And then use name brands. Yeah, no, we don't need to use clothing as adjectives, please, to describe a character. This is not how this works. I just skipped over all that. Every time I even thought they were going to go into a description of clothes, I just skipped it. I stopped reading it after a while. I'm like, oh, it was a red dress with a slit. Cool. Okay. That's all I need to know. 
I don't need to know that it was a, um, I'm trying to think of a name brand. I don't care who, I don't care who designed it. I don't care the, what shade of red it is. I don't care about what kind of pumps you're wearing and the red bottoms. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That, that got me. Um, I don't know who this was, but I don't know if it was Marcus or Martin or whatever his name was, but I wrote, what professional says, I'll give you the deets. Like, <laughs> you don't know professional and you say, I'll give you the deets? What the hell is that? I don't know why I wrote that down, but I felt compelled to. Because this was, it, it was not a good writing story. There was just <laughs> literary imagery with clothing items and Poor communication. That's what we were given to describe the story. Mm-hmm. No plot. But guess what? We're going to talk about the ankle bracelet. And we're going to say, I'll give you the dates. Or think, Eva, you're a lifesaver. Oh, God. Yeah. All I kept thinking about, because I was laughing hysterically um, with a bunch of the, the dialogue between the characters is if this was a movie, it would never make it to the big screen. It would oh. never make it into stores ever. It would be the movie that they went, I'm sorry, you like a child playing with fire over here? Like, you don't understand. It would be straight to video. No, it wouldn't even be straight to video. That's how terrible it is. It would be the kind that they post on the internet as parodies because they don't have someone telling them, like, oh, you need a different uh, writer because uh, you obviously don't ha- know how to write good dialogue. Who's, who talks like this to someone? I don't know. But in my notes, I wrote, conversations were banal. Mm-hmm. Just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. These are grown people with major problems. Write about it. Write um, it appropriately. <laughs> this is an adult novel, okay? Adult. Let's, let's talk like them, shall yeah. we? I have read teen books that have more inspiring conversation than this. I just had a book discussion with my teens right before this. And we were discussing study in Charlotte by Brittany Cavallaro. And we were talking about how mature the dialogue was for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Way more mature than this garbage. Oh yeah. Here's, here's one of my favorites. Right okay. Here. Lay it on us. <clears throat> You forget who submits Eva, he said gruffly. I've given up control for you. I've bent and adjusted for you. I'll do anything to keep you and make you happy. I won't be tamed or top. Don't mistake indulgence for weakness. I'm sorry. Forget the gag. That just happened because that's exactly I wrote this down, but I don't know who says it. I want to say it's Corinne. Mm-hmm. She says possessiveness is better than indifference. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? No. Who said that? Oh, that was probably Magdalene. Magdalene? Yeah. It was one of those two. I was like, and mm-hmm. and said it with no irony. Like she just she's like serious. And I'm supposed to be like, yeah, girlfriend, you're right. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. I wasn't sitting here in the cheering corner going, that's right, girl. You tell him like it is. Ugh. Oh my god! I think those are all my nitpicks. It's just bad. There's a bunch of people that have read this book. A bunch. Oh yeah, 
it has like a 4.18 and it's like thousands of people read this book i am flabbergasted yes and then (laughs) the author had the audacity to put discussion questions in the back of the book girlfriend no (laughs) read one of them discussion questions so we can discuss it okay okay Gideon's life revolves around his work and his philanthropic commitments. Ava's social life is more personal. How do these differences affect them as a couple? Okay, first of all, Gideon is not a philanthropist. I can't even say that word today. Um, He shows up because he donates money. That's it. That's all. We don't actually know... Everything that he does, that that just he he has money. He owns hotels. He owns gyms, bars, some big old company. Oh, the vodka company. Okay. He owns a vodka company. He P. Diddy, apparently. Okay. Um, There is a part in the book where I was, once again, howling. So they're at this, they're at this event with the red dress. And he gets up and makes his speech. And she is just overcome with this wonderful speech he gave and they only really say like the first couple sentences. And I'm like a fifth grader wrote this speech. Are you kidding me with this? They don't continue what he says in the speech, but the first two sentences I was like, this is supposed to be like the most inspirational speech you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, I don't even know how to answer that discussion question. Are you looking for the speech? I was trying to see if I can find the speech. Yeah. And I can't. Um, I Oh, no, I'm right I'm right before it because they, they do it. Yeah. They do it. And then she's mad. For Brandy, and he leaves. Yeah. Because, uh, his ex-fiance is there, right? <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, oh, here. <clears throat> This is what he says. In North America, child sexual abuse experienced by one in every four women and one in every six men. Take a good look around you. Someone at your table is either a survivor or someone who uh, or someone you know is. That's an unacceptable truth. And she goes, I was riveted. Gideon was the consummate orator, his vibrant baritone mesmerizing. But it was the topic which hit so close to home, his passionate and sometimes shocking way of discussing it, that moved me. I began to thaw. My bewildered fury and damaged self-confidence, subverted by wonder, my view of him shifted, altering as I became simply another individual in a rap audience. He wasn't the man who'd recently hurt my feelings. He was just a skilled speaker discussing a subject that was deeply important to me. That was a skilled speaker. He gave a statistic. Mm-hmm. And he's a he's an amazing orator now. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But see, it goes back to how we met her on page seven when she looks at him and is like, All I see is criminal sheet clawing sex time. Like Oh yeah, this guy, the orator. 
He talks to her after after his his her boss's presentation and goes, "I want to fuck you." Wow, what an orator! Uh huh. <laughs> That's some amazing orating right there. Can't stop thinking about you. I've been hard ever since I've been with you. Oh boy. Well, let's talk about the sex in the book because I mean it is a erotic fiction book. Um, I didn't find anything particularly fantastic. I don't know. If you did. No. There was nothing memorable no. about it. Okay. No, it just, to me, I, and I mean, can you even say, like, it's too much sex in an erotic novel? Like, it's supposed to be? That, I don't know what too much is. I don't. I don't. I, I'm, like, trying to judge, like, is this, like, just, we're just having sex to have sex time? Um, Or is this, like. The whole premise of erotica. That's why we keep saying uh, to every one of you out there, uh, if you have a good erotic novel for us to read, please let us know. Because obviously we are picking the wrong ones. Well, this is supposedly good. It's got a 4.18 on Goodreads. That's a good rating. I know. But. (laughs) But then it's like, I don't want to read. Like, we've done Fifty Shades. Is there something else besides Fifty Shades? Or is that the only thing? I guess that's the pinnacle. I guess that's it, man. So until then, no one wrote a good novel. (laughs) For some reason, Sylvia Day never says the P word. She said cleft. I ain't never said that word in my dang life. I had to look it up. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what is this word? Did you know what that was? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know what that was. I was like, why doesn't she just say the P word? I don't even like the P word, but at least it's naughty. Cleft is just clinical. I was just like, ew. Like pubes. <laughs> yeah. Like I. Oh, man. But she did it numerous times because there would be like certain ways that she would even say, like, uh, he, like, like, I was ready for sexing. No, he sexed me or something. Like, it was the way that, like, the, it, I don't know, the writing is really bad. She kept, she kept using the word sex in place of vagina. Thank you. And I didn't like that. My I'm like was sweaty and ready. <laughs> that is that or something. Like, that that's that what you would say. Like, Did you say my sex was sweaty and ready? <laughs> that's the title of the podcast. Why she didn't use another word for vagina? That okay, more cleft is even better because I literally was like, cleft palette. Like, there's got to be more words, more colorful words than that. I don't know. I don't write. I don't write it, so I have no idea. I wonder if her editor was like, "You can't use the p word," but you use every other single word in this book. Yeah, pretty much. That right there is where the line is drawn. No P words for you, ladies and guys reading this book. (laughs) Man, oh my gosh. I don't know. Oh. (laughs) I picked up adjectives for the P word. Oh, okay. 
<clears throat> evil, dirty, nasty, wicked, dingy chicken. And that's one. That's one whole adjective. There's or a couple of them. There's most. Yeah, that that that's why I just I, I named them all. Oh, chicken. Chicken. What did you Google? Um, Other words for p word. For p word. I say lady business. <laughs> this one has putrid. What? <laughs> That's drink. What are you looking at? Dangerous. <laughs> it is literally on here. Power thesaurus. Okay. <laughs> Put vagina, not p word. Put vagina. Okay. Here, let's see. Maybe it actually does it. Anyway, I don't, I don't think that this is, this is, uh, vag, you could say vag. No, that's nasty. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Thingy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would rather have thingy than cleft. <laughs> thingy. Oh no. Why is it so funny? Bangino. <laughs> Fanny. <laughs> Oh, there you go. You can say Fanny. <laughs> yeah, but in America, that means but. I know, but it's a British and <laughs> It's like an, a British thing. Yeah, in Britain, in Britain, it means the P word. Yeah. I love how we're complaining that she used the P word and we can't even say the P word. I just don't like it. I think it's, I think it's gross. <laughs> For JJ. Oh, God. Uh Oh, no. Minky. <laughs> Maybe there are no good words for it. Or your flower. That's that. No. It's like that just that's like infantile again. She's no. like, you know, and with your with my flowers. No. No. Oh, you can call it a twat. Oh no. If you want <laughs> penis fly trap. <laughs> if you I have read in college um I I did my thesis on um romance fiction well yeah romance and so I read some urban romance with with um so basically black people and they throw that p word around like whoa I was like okay <laughs> so maybe it's a cultural thing maybe like black people say that word a lot I am black by the way so I don't want to hear it. Um, so maybe that's just something black people like I watch insecure. I don't know if you watch insecure and, um, she says that word all the time and I'm just like, Oh, Oh. And it just like, I cringe every time. It's just, I mean, I don't hate the word. It's just, it's like moist. It's just one of those words where it's just cringy. It is. And so I just, I just like, Ooh, it's just so naughty. I just, ugh. I think I personally is like, it's your vajayjay. You know, it's like, you just, yeah, I just say lady business. It's your lady business. I had, there was someone I knew growing up that used to call her butterfly. Well, that's better than, than no. left. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, I'm cosmopolitan. They have a whole bunch of, uh, alternatives ranking for all your weird words for your vagina. Yeah. <laughs> If anyone's interested. But, yeah, the sex was not 
it, it, uh, I don't know. It was just like average. I guess I was really upset that like he, um, fingers her before they actually like have sex that later that night where she like jumps on him in the limo. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not how I saw this moment happening. Mm-hmm. You know, there just wasn't, there wasn't enough sexual tension for you to be excited when they got together because yeah. they were just automatically together. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I wasn't rooting for them. Oh, I forgot one more really important thing that really peed me off. That peed me off. It was a nitpick. I forgot a nitpick. Um, I hate this. Authors, please stop. I don't think I don't read a lot of adult fiction, so they don't do this in YA, thank God. But it's the um, oh my God, you eat so much, but you're so thin. Oh my God. Oh, can we not do that anymore, people? It's so stupid. And they always they talked about how much food she can consume. Yeah, but she's so thin. Nobody cares. Just eat your damn food and love it and love your body. And don't comment on somebody's body like that. It was her boss. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, you're so thin. You eat so much food. That's not appropriate. No. I don't care if he is gay, it's not appropriate. <sighs> people have problems with food and their self-worth and what they look like it's because people can't keep their mouth shut and say nice things yeah <laughs> all right i have nothing else to say about this book i don't we did not do any likes you oh you, yeah we did you said you liked a uh, carry tiny tiny one yeah tiny yeah, I didn't like anything to dissect because I was like, mm, don't like that. Mm. <laughs> um, so it is still July. So if you guys have any recommendations for good romance novels, we are definitely uh, in the market for some. Our next book is going to be The Bromance Book Club um, by Lisa K. Adams. Mm-hmm. We have for you so far. Is this just romance or is this erotica? It's romance. Okay. It's romance. <laughs> so we can find a good erotica. Sorry, guys. We All tried. right. <laughs> yeah, we tried. We tried twice. It it didn't happen. We tried so hard. We tried twice. Oh my god. Uh huh. another one. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this adventure of Bear to You by Sylvia Day. And we will catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye.